0: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas.
1: I've just been sitting there in the corner clutching my little anxiety blanket.
0: This is M. Salation. I'm Michael, I'm from the suburbs, I can't play sport and would anyone like to watch Aladdin on VHS?
1: <laughs> Could I have birthed them? No? Feel free to perv.
0: I mean, your <laughs> jeans are very strong Thank very you. strong. <laughs>
1: I can't believe my jeans aren't in there going, scat, yeah!
0: You're in M. Salation.
1: Am I putting a googie egg up my juts? Hi, welcome to episode 28 of Emsolation. I'm having a day, you know, and Scott's gone out surfing for the day, and I'm trying to do this podcast, which I actually love, and i am got to go and get this probe up my juts. <laughs> I'm stressed about my ovaries, I've had irregular cycles. You know when you just have everything, it just feels like the world is conspiring. This is the fourth intro I've done because the other three I spoke about Pauline Hansen and then I was like, oh, I don't really want to invite that firestorm into my life. But God, so I'm just going to briefly mention it. Hi, hi. Let's get up back on track. Just try to let you know where I am at emotionally right now. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm good. I am. I'm just a bit frazzled. Um, uh, we hit five hundred thousand downloads as well, and today is our three month anniversary. So happy anniversary, you guys! Thank you for being in this community and contributing to those downloads. Um, we'd love to do a bonus app this week, Michael and I. So if you've got a question you'd like to ask me or him or both of us, you can email it to hello at mraciano.com. You can either write it or record your voice asking it, which is my preference because I love hearing you guys on the podcast. And the m t-shirts are, are still available. You can get them until Wednesday, July the 8th, and then we'll take them offline Um yeah, it's just a great way for you to support the pod if you get something out of it. Grab a tea, have some pod pride. So, yeah, um, God, there's so many things I hit on then and you're all going, Jesus, M, one at a time. So Pauline Hansen has said some pretty awful racist things on the Today Show and um, then Channel 9, because it was a fair public outcry, uh, have dropped her as talent. And I guess I just really quickly want to say that Channel 9, when they ask her to come on the show, they know exactly what they're getting. So I think we need to have a good look at them and why they continue to ask her to comment on matters that aren't her specialty, that aren't her area of expertise. They know that they're going to get a provocative soundbite, they're going to get them headlines and so the cycle of life continues. And... I think it's really irresponsible and dangerous of those producers to continue to ask her to comment on people who are already marginalised and who are already vulnerable. And she specifically commented on the people who are in lockdown in Melbourne in the community towers because it's become a COVID hotspot. And they're going through it at the moment. They're trying to get access to food and medication and other relatives and it, it's it's a horrible situation, only made worse by asking Pauline Hanson to comment on that community who are largely made up of migrants and um, people who have sought refuge in this country. Also, the other thing I want to briefly touch on is the idea that her free speech has been I- infringed upon. Free speech is kind of meant to encourage debate and reflection and – That's not what she's doing. What she's doing is hate speech and hate speech seeks to dehumanise people and make them question their right to exist. So don't buy into the fact that she's had a platform taken away and therefore, you know, we're censoring her. That's not what's happening at all. Hate speech is the enemy of free speech and I think Pauline Hanson will find a nice home on Sky News. She'll be on other networks. And I'm glad she's had this platform removed. I am. And, um my heart really goes out to all the people in those, in those community housing, in the towers. And and I I hope that everyone else remembers their humanity in this situation and remember, you know, what if it was you? (sighs) Now I did also mention (laughs) that I've got to go and have a probe, put up my wares. Uh, My cycles have been all over the place. I've been like just getting surprise, surprise periods. And, um, been really hormonal more so than usual. So I rang my doctor and she's like, okay, you've got to have blood tests and you've got to go have an internal exam. I'm off today to do that. I always put my health last to you. I I have to be basically keeling over to go and do anything. I have so many band-aids and so many niggles. And I thought, you know what? You are 41 years old. You need to take control of your health. I, um, I don't like to do that. You know, if a family member gets unwell, phew, straight away off to the doctor, off to the professional, but I just have to be, you know, it, I really wait too long until it's too late. So, yeah, that's what's happening today. And I wondered if you guys do that. And I thought, well, maybe I can inspire you to address whatever health niggle you've got. And this could be your mental health also. If there's something that you've been ignoring, a skin check, a pap test, they're not called pap smears anymore. They're called pap tests because apparently the word smear put people off. You know, I'm good on that front because um, the last time I went to see my uh, OB after I gave birth, he um, gave me a surprise, surprise pap test. I was just there. He was checking out my bits. Then he said, let's do a pap test. Speculum was in me before I could blink and it was done. Drive by. And I'm kind of glad because I don't know if I would have done it otherwise. So that's your challenge for today. You need to address whatever weird health niggle, or maybe it's not weird, maybe it's completely normal, you've been brushing to the side because you've been too busy and looking after other people. It's time I bring in Michael. And because this is the nine millionth time I've recorded this intro, and I don't even know if this will be the one that will make it, but I think it will because I really got to get to my point, man. Michael and I... (laughs) there's not a lot of Britney talk today. We really dissect the backlash that Hamilton's been receiving and it has been receiving backlash. And that Hamilton is the musical based on the Founding Fathers – one in particular, Alexander Hamilton, and um, it's one of my favourite musicals. It was on Friday night. We had a viewing party, an elaborate dress-up viewing party, but I was also grappling with some of the things that were being written about Hamilton. So we're going to talk about that. We also obviously have to address our darling Poe leaving MasterChef, our time necromancer, our lover of edible flowers. She's gone off into the sun, never to be forgotten. We've really – we're still both reeling from that. And also Kanye West is running for president. Yeah, because Jan to June wasn't enough of a shit show. July felt like it really needed to assert itself. (laughs) I'm bringing Michael in now. Thank you for bearing with me. This is going to have to be the one shit. I don't have any more time. (laughs) All right. Play the music.
0: M. Rossiano and Michael Lucas. This is M. Salation.
1: All right, here he is, still, as I said, reeling from one of our favourites, leaving the MasterChef kitchen. Have you recovered, Michael Lucas? <laughs> when you said
0: reeling, I actually didn't know. Knowing what we're about to talk about, there are so many things that I could be reeling from at this particular <laughs> point. But you are correct. Very high on the list would be Poe's elimination from MasterChef. And, uh, yeah, look, the effects are still echoing around my house. Oh, it was a big well, time. your
1: husband... There was an
0: emergency trip to 7-Eleven to get two family-sized Cadbury blocks of chocolate. Wow. He... Yeah.
1: <gasps> well, you should explain Adrian your husband is well, even like he was distraught. He was you were dual texting me at the same time last night.
0: Oh yeah. His investment in Poe, I mean, it's been going for 11 years now. <laughs> she was just such a breakthrough performer and the notion that, uh, you know, that this Asian woman would, would do so well in a reality show, the attachment is, is profound. It's profound.
1: <laughs> well, we should mention Adrian is Chinese-Italian, so yes. this is why specifically he was so happy to be Phil. He felt represented in the MasterChef kitchen.
0: Oh, and the love of Poe is something that, that we share with his mother and... Uh, <laughs> but I, I also love her just because she's not only providing Asian-Australian representation, she's providing representation for slightly unhinged creatives and I identify with that side <laughs> of her. Me
1: too. Me too. And just wanting to, you know, when well-meaning people come over and try and interrupt you while you're trying to be a slightly unhinged creative, her ability to bat them away without even looking uh. up. Should, I really really was sad to see her go last night, but I just think she's bigger than MasterChef. Oh, absolutely. She's ready to, you know, I just think it's okay. She doesn't need to win. I mean, as Callum said so beautifully that brought a tear to my eye, when people think MasterChef, they think Poe. You know, <laughs>
0: me too. And I'm glad she went out taking a big, possibly misjudged swing to try and do some sort of redemption cook. What the hell
1: is a redemption cook? It sounds like it sounds like something I don't even know. But when she started rolling the on redemption cook, I'm like, did the who, what, who brought up the idea of a redemption cook? And <laughs> <I don't, laughs> <laughs> but I just, before we get to that, there's something that I need to address. That we need to address. Um, So, my relationship with Andy. Needs oh, to,
0: where's it gone now? Needs to be I feel, feel like it's just getting worse. Is no,
1: it? well, I think there's this idea that I don't like Andy as a person. And that is not true. Because we have a lot of mutual friends who say he's a really lovely guy. But my running gripe with him this season has been his contribution or lack thereof to the judging process. And I've been backed up by former contestants who will come out and said, yeah, he's great, but he doesn't actually give me anything to go on. I at least, you know, Melissa and Jock at least give me helpful things that I can tangibly cling to. But Andy, you'll just like kind of go, yeah, mate, what are you going to do? God, I out time.
0: <laughs> you don't get something valuable from someone saying, oh, it was bloody good. You don't. That
1: doesn't help. But I just want to make it clear. I have no problem with Andy as a human being, as a man, as a citizen of the world. You know, he seems very – like like I said, I've heard he's nothing but a lovely person, but I do feel as people criticise AFL umpires when they make bad calls, I do feel it's okay to point out the fact where he falls short in his job and I – I want to say I saw a real turning point in Andy. he was using terms last night that were technical and I can't help but think perhaps a slight change has come over young Andrew. I mean, he's still trying to figure out his personal style and that is cool. I'm happy to be. He
0: is. (laughs) Bold choice made last night. I'm
1: happy to be on that journey with him.
0: (laughs) It was exposed ankles last night, wasn't it?
1: It was a forest green linen suit with a white T-shirt and the, the pants were cropped above the ankle. They were, but they weren't a fitted pant. They were almost a culotte. And, um, look, you know, let's bring culottes back for men. Sure. What could go wrong? And then (laughs) no sock. And then like what you would call a Peter Pan leather buckle shoe, like a like a leprechaun shoe, like a pirate. shoe.
0: Can you truly, truly pull off exposed ankles if you have a receding hairline? Can't,
1: I feel like the only people who can pull off exposed ankles are really fit, sassy Europeans slash gay men in 2015. That's kind of my...
0: (laughs) There have been times when I have attempted to, uh, well, I think I've even sent pictures to you of myself wearing an item going, can I pull this off? And it just one word comes back, no, full stop. And I really appreciate you put the full stop just so... Don't think I haven't given this thought. I've given it thought and I've completed the thought. No.
1: I just feel like socks with no shoes for men is a privilege, not a right. And you just have to try and figure out which side of that you <laughs> want. <won. laughs> it looks great. With some, like I know quite a few men, especially within my life, who really like Joel Creasy, Joel, Crazy and his boyfriend Jack both pull that look off beautifully.
0: They're the first two people you think of, really, when you get to think who who can rock an exposed ankle.
1: Yeah, expose those perfect ankles all you want, but I also because I th- also think the wardrobe went wrong with Andy because he had the culottes yeah. on. He had the kind of short, weird bootleg thing happening. So I think <laughs> it might have been better if the pants were a bit more fitted. I don't know, but totally cool. Go on that style journey, and um, that's all I want to say. About Andy right now Um
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's certainly not the end of the matter. I think we can be sure of that.
1: No. The book is not closed. It could be. I'm just going to let him live his life now. I think everyone understands because the amount of people that are forwarding me anti-content now, obviously I've got a bit of a reputation.
0: You don't want to become known as the public figure who leads the anti-charge because that's that's not what you're about.
1: In my experience, when women like me go after straight, attractive, popular men, we tend to come off second best. So I (laughs) am gracefully withdrawing from the conversation
0: (laughs) (laughs) about Andy. Somewhere (laughs) Yumi Steins just fell to her knees and screamed to the heavens, yes,
1: (laughs) she's right. Oh, anyone, any woman who you've seen fade from the public light, and Yumi certainly hasn't. She's amazing. She's still out there. But yes, we do tend to come off second best in those scenarios because, you know, those poor, straight, good-looking white men in television, they just can't get a break. You know, they just need people to be kind to them all the time. Um, so yeah, we're going to miss Poe. Very sad. Look, my hot tip is Amelia. I think Amelia can't be beaten. She wore a power, a white power blouse in the kitchen last night. That is confidence. That is saying, come at me, motherfuckers. I'm going to wear a white blouse to cook in because I'm not cooking more than one round, bitches. A white blouse and
0: also it had these little white little cotton sort of buds all over it as Gossamer. well. So it was like the ultimate food yeah. or food splash catching attire. Yeah.
1: So much arrogance in that choice. I loved it. And then we had the other other one, beautiful Laura in the leopard and leather. This girl was mm. also like... I'm only doing one round. I've got my fake tan on. I'm not going gonna, gonna to be up with the gantry looking amazing. I'm not going to be down there with you raff. Oh, I
0: like that they're differentiating themselves style-wise. They're, they're going sort of yeah, me Glinda and Elphaba at the moment and <laughs> I'm there for it.
1: <laughs> I love Laura. I I don't understand why she gets so much shit. I really like her. But I think Emilia is going to win. And I think perhaps, I think Reynolds, you know in Strictly Ballroom how like, Paul Mccurrie's character, I can't remember his name. What's his name in the movie? Scott Hastings. Yeah, Scott Hastings. He was like kind of natural and had no like, you know, like technical. It was all about feel. Yeah. He's Reynolds, right? Like I think. Do you think? I think Reynolds's
0: pretty technical.
1: No, remember Amelia kept saying, Oh, Reynold doesn't follow rules. Reynolds self taught, self taught Reynold. Oh, she's okay. saying that. Yeah, okay. If they get a technical dish like they had last night, Amelia will win. It just depends on the challenges that come. If they get something that's like you have to stick to the rules, Amelia. But if they go for some kind of wild gastronomy creation, Reynold. So they're my top two. My heart just wants Reese. Oh, I love Reese. Oh my god! I didn't even tell you. Did you see the tweet that Melissa? Oh,
0: no, I've seen it. I haven't brought it up with you yet. It's obviously it, it, it's an intense turning point in your life, guys. Explain.
1: Melissa Leong from MasterChef, the judge, who we're all obsessed with, tweeted me last magnificent night. hair last night. Oh, everything was magnificent. Tweeted last night that I could join her and Reese for a rosé to watch RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Yes, I'm in. I'm done. I'm already planning my outfit. I've got four lined up. I've got I got my cockatoo dress hanging already, ready to go with sequins that I wore for Mardi Gras.
0: Also, the pressure on you when you enter that social situation as well. I mean, you have to nail it. You have they. You have to be so engaging and wonderful that they will never want to watch Drag Race any other way <laughs> but with you. You can't go in, bring the wrong food, or make the wrong oh, comment, shit. and be cast out, never invited as again. If? You've got to infiltrate. No,
1: I feel like no. I've just got to walk in and be honest with them. Guys, I might shit myself, I'm so nervous. So let's just see how we go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Look, we do need to move on from MasterChef, sadly. But um, I woke up to a text message from you yesterday, just with the headline, uh, Kanye West running for president. Mm. Uh, I'm not shocked. And as I text you back, I'm not shocked. And I just think people have overlooked is Kim Kardashian the most supportive wife on the face of the planet?
0: Because It's awe-inspiring, really. I mean, the stuff that she puts off, obviously there's an upside. I mean, he's quite rich, and that's a hell of a house they live in, but holy moly, wouldn't you love to just get on the ground floor of her reactions when shit like this happens?
1: Because I just feel like she would have seen the tweet yesterday going, oh, for fuck's sake, Kanye, Shit! I she would hope mum. that she
0: had some advance warning, but I mean, there's no, nah, you know, there's certainly no indication of he, that.
1: Nah. She just rang mum. Oh, fuck, mum. He's tweeted he's running for president. What do I do? I can't. I can't do it, man. Oh, mum. I just think Kim found out on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> And then she's tweeted her support. And I I want everyone to relax. Kanye, Kanye West is not running for president. I did some, a little bit of research. He hasn't filed with the Federal Election Commission yet. He hasn't gotten the signatures he needs to join Biden and Trump on the ballots, and the deadline has passed in New York and Texas. They're pretty big states. I just, I feel like he's got an album coming or, I don't know, he's on some kind of manic upswing, but there is no way he's going to have his shit together to run by November. I mean, he did predict it in the 2015 NTV Music Awards. Sure.
0: <laughs> My favourite award ceremony.
1: And I do want to point out that a West Musk ticket, because Elon Musk tweeted immediately, I support you, everyone's favourite villain, billionaire, Um is a West Musk ticket any worse than a Trump-Pence ticket, I ask you?
0: Ah, uh, th- true. <laughs> I mean, I still don't want it. Be, I mean, look, reality show that I would watch, absolutely. But reality <laughs> I want to live in, absolutely not. Especially because I think he'd pilfer votes from Biden and whoever he whoever would. Biden's going to run with.
1: But don't forget, Kanye West is uh, anti-abortion, thinks slavery was a choice uh, is a sexual assault sympathiser. He's he's not a person, and all those things uh, obviously could apply to Donald Trump also. I think there should be a rule, though, put in place. If you've never governed, you can't be leader of the free world. Why <laughs> isn't that rule in place? Because Trump <laughs> had never governed and then he became president. And to me, it feels like, you know, you you can't drive a taxi without a licence, but you can become the president of the United States if you've got enough money. I don't understand.
0: No, I mean, it'd be good to... It, it'd be. I'd appreciate it if they reviewed that system, sure. Oh <laughs> but God. you'd like to think that the voters have enough sense, but we've, that's been powerfully disproved. Oh, shit. <laughs> Obviously, we don't have that system. You've got to come up through the parliament, which has its drawbacks, but at the end of the day, <laughs> if it's protecting us from something like that...
1: I know. <laughs> if it's protecting us from a Dickie Wilkins run at bloody Prime Minister, then good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But look, we are speaking of American political systems. Segway. Frena. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, We watched Hamilton, as was intensely documented on my social media. <laughs> you. Look, for once in our relationship, I think you out-costumed me. <gasps> my mother called me specifically yesterday to say how good you looked. Wow. And pointed out that you looked better than me. So that was, you know, Jenny loves that. So she was on the back. I got it. A-
0: couple of, um, I got a couple of messages saying, wow, like looking like you're in the 1700s really suits you. And and I'm not quite sure how to take that. Is that <laughs> what, what you I'm want? <laughs> I'm here trying to be a man of the present in 2020.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, founding father really suits Michael. Oh. <laughs> so you were dressed up as a founding father and I was in some costumes I cobbled together and um we had food i just want to piss. point
0: out that em's costume came entirely from her wardrobe yeah. she basically just opened the wardrobe plucked it out you should see <laughs> setting foot in em's wardrobe which is now a room <laughs> i mean it is in fact it's more than one there's there's just sort of your regular wear yeah. which is bigger than you know <laughs> most people's and then but then in addition to that you've Upstairs. got storage
1: yeah and i wouldn't know that i had a hoop skirt at the ready. Like, I was able to pluck a hoop skirt yeah, <laughs> from my wardrobe. But we watched it and it was just so magic. Oh, I cried. It's everything I wanted it to be. But I'd had a little bit of a wobbly moment with Hamilton during the week and you and I were discussing it because... Yeah. Uh, you know, everything's being, everything's being examined at the moment. Everything is being pulled apart and and rethought of. And Hamilton was kind of coming under fire. And I said to you, God, uh, is it okay that we love Hamilton? So, I mean, I want you to explain why was Hamilton being criticized?
0: Well, uh, it's not, it's actually not a new criticism. It's been bubbling away mm. ever since it Ever since it came out? Well, I mean, as we know, Hamilton was one of the founding fathers. And mm. I suppose the the nub of the criticism is that, uh, of course, in reality, almost all those founding fathers, either if they didn't personally own slaves... They certainly mm. married into families that owned slaves, and mm. and Hamilton was no exception. And uh, as if anyone who's familiar with the show would know that um, almost all the main parts are play. It's played by a diverse cast. They have not cast a whole lot of white men to play the founding fathers. No. Thank God, because they'd all have to rap, yeah. which would have been yeah. an abomination Horrible. against nature. <laughs> <laughs> and so the way that Lynn Manuel speaks about that is he's sort of saying, you know, where where. Um putting we're putting diverse people back into the picture with our casting, but the, I guess the nub of the main criticism is, well, in actual fact, there were black people, there were Native American Indians that were, part of America back then and the story just doesn't show them at all. And the most stinging criticism is um, there's a very famous song from it called The Room Where It Happened and the lyric Mm. chants out, nobody else was in the room where it happened. And as some people have pointed out, well, there were other people. There would have been slaves in The Room Where It Happened and the musical – it does mention slavery and it even has a bit of debate about slavery, but it certainly doesn't represent any characters uh, that were slaves and it completely ignores anything to do with Native Americans whatsoever. And so it, it, it's, it catches some criticism for that, uh, uh, you know, rightly. Um, and Lin-Manuel has spoken about it a fair bit. He's, he's Oh,
1: what's he said.
0: Well, look, in some ways he hasn't helped his cause because at one point he said, I did write a, a, a song that was a, deb- a full-on debate about slavery, but we cut it because we needed the story to keep moving along. And that oh, that didn't really help. But, I mean, there's a Why lot not? of different ways to look at it. Like another, another thing that you could say is one thing that the musical does is by casting it the way that they've cast it obviously when you see those performers play the founding fathers they look they're playing these revolutionaries in the 17 and 1800s but they kind of look like the black lives matter movement of today and in fact like a lot of the um a lot of the most famous lines in hamilton have been put on placards that have been held by people at black lives matter marches like you know history has its eyes on you and everything and you another way that you could look at it is what what the musical does is kind of shows how the kind of revolutionary spirit of the Black Lives Matter protest was there in the founding fathers. So when Trump, for example, stands up against Mount Rushmore and condemns Black Lives Matter and sort of says, we must protect, you know, the legacy and the founding fathers. Well, Hamilton is a rebuke of that saying that really the Black Lives Matter movement is capturing their spirit more than you guys are. And, and really you're like the King of England. So there's, so in that way, you could read it as having a progressive um, mm. message, but it's just to what extent is it is it um, wiping the real mm. black and Native American characters that that existed in America at the time out of the story. And, and oh how problematic is that?
1: But is it going to be like Gone with the Wind? Like, is it going to be? Are we going to look back on Hamilton and be like, oh god?
0: Well, I my personal take on it, it's interesting that something that was only written five years ago is or it, it has been coming under this scrutiny. Mind you, it always was. Like even when it even when it first was performed, yeah. this was questioned. Uh, the only thing I would say is that it Hamilton the musical does obviously take the position that slavery is. Bad and and the fact that Hamilton and Eliza adopted abolitionist positions is seen as a good thing in the musical. Um, But also I would Mm. say it's a pretty complicated portrait of him. It's not saying he was this absolute shining hero. Quite the opposite. Like over the course of the musical, you see these things that were brilliant about him and you also see him being an absolute dickhead.
1: (laughs) So... Yeah, he was... He was flawed. It's not a total celebration of a man saying he was perfect and what a wonderful human. It it does show... He was very flawed. They all were.
0: Yeah, and Jefferson is criticised in the musical for having slaves. The only, but then there's problematic things like George Washington comes off as a bit of a hero, but he was like Jefferson. Mm. He had a whole lot of slaves, so it it just goes to show how hard it is to effectively tell the stories, stories set in that era or historical stories from that era. It's it's so complicated now, um, but I don't think it's the same. I don't as, think it's hard you don't think so I
1: think I do I mean I mean I love Hamilton and I love the music and before you know I'd started to try and read more and educate myself more you know I I thought oh wow this is so progressive and incredible and then I kind of read more into it and talk to you about it as I often do when I'm confused about things and he did leave out by choice for a plot line reason Native American Indians and slaves in general and I just think someone as clever as him could have found a way if he wanted to, if he really wanted to and I and I think he's so talented it hurts me to say this I think he could have found a way to include that you know to, because it would have been so important because of the audiences that initially saw Hamilton were all these white rich people mm. and wouldn't it be great to educate all the white rich people on what their ancestors did properly instead of kind of you know, and ugh. I just think you could have done it if you really wanted to
0: well and it does indisputably like if you're if you're uh, someone that has all this reverence for the founding fathers then the musical mm. only really gives you more it doesn't it doesn't yeah. Yeah. I mean it might make you feel a bit complicated about what they were doing in their personal lives but it but at the end of the day it it leads you to a place of kind of being inspired what they did again and doesn't really make you grapple with oh but how do we square that off with the fact that the economy was Built on slavery, and that they were all slavery. It doesn't really do that. But nor is it gone with the wind. Nor does it. Nor does it present a system where it's like, yeah, they loved it. They loved it, and it was worth. <laughs> it was worth. But it's also
1: that the argument of the founding fathers. I mean, they they found America. They they're the reason America. Yeah, it's their fault. Kanye West is running for president, really, right. isn't it?
0: Well, <laughs> <laughs> and they were. Also say that like, you know, we've all Americans have inherited you know what they established including all the performers in that musical and that's the other thing you can't underestimate by by making it a sort of essentially a, a hip hop opera and casting yeah. it that way one of the most amazing things about it is is seeing mm. these diverse performers get the kind of roles that they just don't get I mean outside of shows like The Color Purple they're very rarely mm. cast in those leads and they are that's one of the most staggering things about it is how talented every one of those performers are like the, the woman that plays Angelica and, and the guy that plays Aaron Burr, they they're incredible performances. And watching it, watching it where you're able to see close-ups, you see how amazing they are because they're projecting to the back of the theatre. But still when you're in close-up with them, it's so truthful and, and their vocal performances are so strong. And they just wouldn't have got those roles any other way.
1: But I just I think it's important to remember that these issues are so nuanced and it's hard to find nuance online, on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook it's 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 really hard and that's why i don't agree with cancel culture because you can't have nuanced discusses discussions where people have the opportunity to grow and and you know contribute and that's why you can't say, no, gone forever, I don't want to talk about it because then how, how do things change? So Exactly. And yeah. I would
0: say one of the good thing, if you delve into some of the articles about it, one of the things that's really refreshing about it is a lot of people that have written these criticisms come out, out the gates and say, firstly, I love this show. I love this show. I love the yeah. songs. The amount of talent is insane. But same, I'm grappling same, with same. these questions about it. And and I, that, that is a sort of a good way to come into the debate as opposed to, you know, this... This person needs to be struck away. But
1: that's how I feel about a lot of things that have been culturally problematic. A lot of talented people were involved in it, not just one person. Yeah. So if you wipe out something, then you're also kind of disengaging from the work of really clever people who have nothing to do with the initial – do you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just – yeah, because those performers, when you watch Hamilton you know, and you watch that diverse cast be the most talented cast I've ever seen, you know, I just, you can't discount that. You can't go, oh, well, you know, I just, I, I don't think they would want you to discount them because the story isn't as, it didn't cover what it needed to and there's faults and flaws in how they portrayed that story, that's that's what I'm, I'm, I'm still going to love it and sing the songs and watch it. But while I do that, I will grapple at the same time with, you know, how it came about. So
0: Yeah. Both things oh, can exist at once, your love for it and also your questioning about it, <laughs>
1: which is tricky. Which is tricky, but. My marriage falls under that sentence. <laughs> 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 Things in my life, I love. And
0: also, let's just face it: every single thing we have brought oh, up on let's this show, I'm I mean, three Come six on, five D and I. Come do it. everything
1: has a problem. If,
0: like, Too hot to handle. The Little Mermaid. We bring it Madonna. up and we go bananas over it, and then we do a subsequent episode where we talk about everything that's wrong with it. It's
1: this. true. Everything we love is problematic on some level, and we look back at everything. Even we- Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> Now that we have these fresh eyes, we go, oh, my God. It, it, was, it was systematic. It was something that we just consumed without even realising that she was ripping off so many cultures that didn't belong to her. But it's, I think it's, we can settle on for people listening going, well, Em and Michael, what the fuck then? I think it is okay to love something and acknowledge it's problematic and as long as you'll learn from it and know what that is, it doesn't make you a bad person for singing like a prayer.
0: You know? <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> Beat it, however. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused.
1: Oh, God. Michael Jackson is not a topic for right now. I'm too unsettled about everything. It's just I talked about Pauline Hanson at the top. You haven't oh, heard it yet. Oh,
0: God.
1: Oh, I, I don't care about her. I'm really cross with the shows that keep putting her on. Today? Yeah, like that's got to stop. That, that It is actually negligence to go, oh, there's a topic about vulnerable, marginalised people. Who can we get? Oh, let's get Pauline Hanson. That's not who you get because it, it's, and it's, oh, no. it's on the shoulders and of the producers. And they've kept her
0: going for years. They've breathed yep. life into it's her gross. political career. We, we've
1: <sighs> got to stop with her now. It's the people who give her the megaphone and Amplified that we need to go after now and we need to go to their sponsors, their advertisers, and we need to really put pressure on them to stop giving that woman... A platform it has to stop. I agree. I agree. Jesus, I know. God, Jesus, we've really taken a sharp
0: turn from. I mean, it's not about Britney's Instagram today, is it? Although
1: there's no jizz, not one jizz chat, nothing.
0: We haven't we haven't mentioned the flower delivery Britney Instagram moment, oh, which I think God. has taken it to a new level. Of-
1: so many people have tagged us in Britney getting the flowers and putting the yellow top on with eighties music.
0: No, 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 it's 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 um the weekend blinding lights. It's a current song.
1: Oh, I thought it was. It is it the sounds, weekend. Yeah, uh. it sounds
0: like it. And then she just marches back and forth on a constant loop for ages. It's it's weirdly riveting.
1: Look, I've done a bit of research as well. It's been a strange old weekend. She does have a security team that lives on the compound with her and she is still under a conservatorship, conservatorship. So she is supervised and that really gave...
0: <laughs> I love that you... Feel such a duty of I'm care really worried to about Spears. it. I, it's quite beautiful. No,
1: but I also don't want to <laughs> d- I don't want anyone listening to think that I'm making fun of her or there's irony. I'm I mean I'm someone who grew up a Britney Spears fan, obviously, and I I worry for her and I but she seems so happy. So again, it's complicated and torn, but I did check that she supervised and it does bring me some comfort that there are people there with her. So yeah, that's it. <laughs> Oh, my God, we need to stop. I don't know where we're going to go next. We're going to try and take on Nazism or something and I need to go and have a coffee. (laughs) I've got to prepare for my ultrasound. got to go and get ready for that thing up my clacker. Oh, goodness. Is that something you covered in the introduction as well? Yes, yes. Okay. That wasn't just a – I've talked about that in the (laughs) intro as well, but I really do have to go and get ready for that. I don't even know how we're going to write the bio for this episode. No,
0: we didn't even cover the fact that we're in some horrible second surgeon, probably on the brink of lockdown too. That's what it feels like the sort of Democles hanging over our head at the moment. But that'll be I fun. We
1: can't. We'll talk about that on Thursday. If okay. Melbourne goes back into lockdown, like if my if my daughter can't go to school next week, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Please send help. Please send help my thirteen year old is being thirteen. Okay. All right. Have a good day and uh, I'll talk to you soon.
0: Talk soon. Bye.
1: Okay, bye. This is Salation. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening. God, it went everywhere, didn't it? I, um, I'm probably going to be laying awake tonight worried about this episode because it was it's a more serious one, but I think it's important. Highs and lows, ebbs and flows, stalactites. Thanks for being a part of our community. Um, go and get yourself checked. Remember, I challenged you to do that. Go and get whatever you've been ignoring checked and let me know how you go Um, We'll hear you guys on Thursday. And please, please send us a question for our Q&A bonus F this week. We'll look forward to that. You guys have to do the heavy lifting. We'll just freewheel those answers. I might do it. I'll make sure we answer them at night when we've both had a little wine. You'll get better answers out of us that way. All right, guys, chat soon. Take care. Bye. A Podcast One production.